following message was recorded at Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to just reflect and remember the wonder of your love that you, Lord Jesus, though you had no sin, became sin for us. Why? So that you would exchange your righteousness with us, that you would give us this grand entrance into your presence, that you would pay our sin debt, that you would endure the suffering and trial and pain, betrayal and denial that was really ours that you would do these things in our place, not because you had to, but because you wanted to, out of radical obedience to the Father, that this was your will, this was your plan and purpose to come and demonstrate your own love for us and to show us, to model for us what it looks like to love those that would call you enemy and to give your life so that we might not only know what love is, but that we might be brought into the presence of love. Oh, Father, thank you. Um, please expand our hearts and minds tonight. Uh, open our, uh, our eyes to a further understanding. We're so prone to forget, but we're also so prone to uh, just to get callous to, to these marvelous things that you've done for us. So, Lord, it's, uh, it's so much that you've done for us. So I pray, Father, that um, by your Spirit, Holy Spirit, please tonight unpack our hearts and uh, expand our hearts and minds for the wonder of your loving grace, your mercy extended to us, not in some work of our own, but the finishing work of the cross. Lord, we praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So it's Good Friday. Have a seat. And uh, it's a unique Good Friday in that it happens, if, if you've not uh, realized that through today, that today is also Passover. And so this becomes very rich for us in the scriptures because this is the same. Uh, if you, it, you probably know this, but Passover kind of revolves through the calendar like our birthdays. You know, it's not, on, it's not always on Friday or Saturday. And so for it to fall on the, the day that it actually happened in the context of Christ's life makes this really significant. Um, allows us to, uh, to kind of really take it in and maybe even in a more uh, profound way. We, we, uh, we put these instruments up on the side so that we're reminded of some truths tonight. And the, the two truths that we want to, to, to reinforce tonight is that not because of just some simple act, but because of uh, a glorious act of love, an extension of God's mercy and kindness to humanity. Jesus cried from a cross filled with pain and agony that he chose and embraced. He wasn't forced to. Um, he, 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 he initiated his love for us and, uh, and ran to that cross. It says, for the joy, Hebrews 12 says, set before him, he endured the cross. And the joy was seeing you come into intimate and right relationship with God. 
And he declared this. One of the seven cries from the cross was, It is finished. <laughs> it, man, let that continue to sink into your hearts and liberate you from your sin. Liberate you from the faults and failures of our past and, and realize because Christ's cross was complete in its expression of love and punishment on our behalf, we stand blameless, holy, and righteous before a just God that never lowered his standards but poured out his full wrath that was due you and I on his own son. And the thing that we're going to talk about tonight and to focus on is that he did it with intentionality, that Jesus was committed to the cross. Another implication that we look at tonight and we think about is the fact that it's paid in full. That this isn't a fickle status that God has purchased for us in Christ. Jesus finished the work so that we would, so that our sin debt, past, present, and future would be completely paid for. Um, and man, you know, understanding that, I, I think it just ushers us into a place of gratitude and worship uh, in every moment of life, especially, especially when we stumble and fall or entangled by sin, if we are reminded that the prodigal father stands on the horizon waiting for us to make a step in his direction and he races to us in this humble fashion, puts his arms around us and completely restores us, not because of just a, a pardon, but because of the blood of Christ. Because of the blood of Christ. In John chapter 1, in verse 7, the latter part of that verse says, the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Guys, isn't that good news tonight? From all sin. And we come tonight to, 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 to pay tribute, really, in an act of worship and gratitude to this glorious God that didn't do this as a response to our fault and failure, but it, the scriptures tell us before the foundations of the earth, Christ was crucified. God knew we'd fail. God knew we would fall. And we see it in this final account. Um, there's this moment where um, Peter makes these declarations. I will go with you to prison and even to death, Lord. And Jesus gives him a sober moment and says, before the cock crows, hours from now, Peter, hours from now, you won't deny me once, twice, but three times. And Peter is... Uh, and I think his response in the garden when, when Jesus' arrest comes and he cuts off Malchus' ear is a response to, I will never deny you. But here's the, here's the good news, guys, is that Jesus tells him that I've already prayed for you, Peter. Isn't that awesome? I've already prayed. When he tells him that he would deny him, he says this on the heels of that statement. He says, I've already prayed for you, Peter. As the enemy is asked to sift you as wheat. And he says, and when you return, not if, he says, when you return, strengthen your brothers. Do we know that God has intention for us to be a part of the reconciling work, even in our failures on the other side of our experience with, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from how much? All, all unrighteousness. Oh. And then, uh, and then another piece I want to share with you. 1 John, again, chapter 4, 
verse 9. Let this sink into your hearts here. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. What, what is this? That God sent. And here, guys, that God sent. Like this, God had initiative here. He says, you didn't first love me, I first loved you. You didn't first choose me, I first chose you. God intentionally pursued you and the, the, the catalyst in that reconciling work was Jesus' willing heart to be faithful and obedient to the Father so that you might be cleansed and liberated from your sin. He said, I've come to set the captives free. And so it says this, in this the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. This has echoes of Philippians 2. And speaking of, of God sending his son into the world, listen, listen to how Paul puts this to the, the church in Philippi in chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. It says this, Have this mind among yourselves, this mind of others first, humility, sacrificial love, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, speaking of Christ, though he was in the form of God, did not e- count equality with God a thing to be held on to, to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. God took on skin, on purpose, for a purpose, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Even death on a cross. As we prepare to watch this video and hear from some some men that are going to share their heart uh, with us tonight about what the death and sacrifice of Christ has meant for them and how it's changed their lives, I want to intro this video by reading a couple of verses to you. This is Luke chapter 9 and this verse 22. And this is on the heels that we're called to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him. That that we're called to lose our life. And that's where we really find life, true life, Jesus. And on the heels of that in verse 22, Luke chapter 9, it says this. Jesus says, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. In Matthew 17, 22 through 24, this is, not, this is a different account. In fact, Jesus literally three times in close proximity to his willing sacrifice tells the disciples that he's going to die at the hands of the Romans. Crystal clear, because it was crucifixion and that he was going to go through a detailed, painful, many suffering moments. And in Matthew 17, 22 to 24, it says it this way. As they were gathered in Galilee, Jesus said to them, the Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and he will be raised on the third day. And I don't think, I think all they heard was they were going to kill him. And because 
for, for him to say, then he'll be raised three days later, it, the text continues and says, and they were greatly distressed. Today, the reason that we call this Friday not the most horrific moment in human history, but we refer to it as Good Friday, is because God is good, and God is faithful, and there's an empty tomb and a risen Savior, and he's Christ Jesus, and he's Lord, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's alive, and we have hope because of this, this reality, this truth. And so today our, our, our endeavor, our, our mission is to remember, is to reflect upon the, the heart, the intentionality, the, the, the motive of God. Why would God do this? I hope you feel the love of God tonight. I hope you realize uh, the, the value that God has placed upon you in order that he would do what he has done through his son. And so... Jesus said to his disciples in those verses, he said this, he said, don't say goodbye. It is finished, amen? Um, for y'all that don't know, uh, my name is Joseph, hello. Um, man, four years ago, on, on a good Friday is when I came to Christ, and uh, it, was the, uh, it was the prayer, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That uh, that led me to my relationship with the Lord, um, because I, before that I thought I was I was beyond redemption. I thought I I knew I was going to hell. Like I I had already come to grips with that. I come to terms with that. That's where I knew I was going. And uh, watching that, uh, I watched Passions of the Christ on Good Friday, and um, man, God won my heart there. Um, he he was praying for the people that were actively murdering him. And before I thought, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm beyond salvation. I'm beyond, I've done things that, that are unspeakable, you know. And I, I believed in God, but, but in my arrogance and ignorance, it was I believe in God, but we're not talking. Now, how arrogant and ignorant is that? Like... Man, like God, I, I acknowledge your existence, but I have nothing to say to you. Like I acknowledge that you created everything. I believe that, but I have nothing to say to you. You know, um, and my my life reflected that. Uh, I was I, I was focused on this this life, this seventy years or so. I was focused on this because I knew where I was headed. You know, and and thank God for today. I know where I'm headed. Amen. Um. So it's just amazing, you know, um, that prayer. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I'm watching this video and I'm thinking, man, like, like Jesus took all of our sins. I'm thinking, man, just mine alone is, is a lot. But he took all of ours all at the same time. And, and he paid for that. Like, man, thank God for that. Because I can't do it. I can't do it to this day. Like, I'm still, to the today failing, in this moment failing. And, man, I'm just, uh, I, I would like to read something that, that I'm, I'm just so grateful that we, that we have the scriptures and uh, that we have these truths. Um, this is Romans 8, 38, 39. 
For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Man, like, it is finished. It is finished, and, and, and it, it's, it's not by us. Like, this gift that was given to us is not, it, it didn't cost us anything, but it cost God everything to bestow it to us, to give us this gift, this free gift of salvation. Like, man, I'm so undeserving of it, but thank God that I have a God that, that, that sees that in, in such an opposite way, that, that he sent his son just to restore a relationship with us. Like, man, I'm, I'm blown away. So a little bit of uh, history of me um, and, and just what God has rescued me from. Um, so I met, I met my wife on her birthday, which ended up being Good Friday on April 18th. Um, I, I came to Christ that day, um, and no, 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 no coincidences, um, but I, I sat right next to my mother-in-law that day, and I was, I was terrified of the people that I was, I was having a meal with. I was just waiting for them to whip out the Bible and, and uh, start hitting me with it, but uh, they didn't. <laughs> um, man, like in that moment, like God... God is so sovereign. Like that was the lowest of my life, and and thank God that I have the the ability to look back. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. In the in the moment, I thought I was fine. I thought everything was good. Um, but boy, was I wrong. Um, so I was I was enthralled in womanizing. I was enthralled in in violence. I was enthralled in gang activity, and just going about my business. You know, but thank God that uh, that God's business is better. Amen. Man, so God rescued me from that. Um, I I I came to the Lord. You know, and, and thank thank goodness I had a friend that uh, that I was able to walk that through. I, I spent many a night on his couch, um, gave him my phone, and said, "Please don't don't give me that phone because I I will leave." <laughs> and uh, I spent many a night on his couch and. Uh, Man, I just, I, I remember laying on that couch, tossing and turning, and over and over and over saying, God, please do for me what I can't do for myself. I can't stop. I can't stop thinking of this when, when I, I need, I can't, I can't stop chasing this when I should be chasing you. I can't stop thinking of this when I should be thinking of you. And, man, God is faithful. Like, I, I was able to get through all of that, not by my strength, but by his strength. Because I, I, was, I was laying there in tears, like, God, do for me what I can't do for myself. And, and I'm just, I'm so grateful for the love that, that, that he has. And, and just an overwhelming, unconditional love. Like, there's nothing I can do to, to deserve that love. There's nothing I can do to earn it. I, I definitely don't deserve it, you know. And um, so I, I met my wife uh, April 18th. I came to the came to know the Lord, and I was, I, I noticed her immediately, but God said, no, no, and uh, for, for a few months, it was no, no, uh, and 
as I as I continue my relationship with the Lord, um, just those moments uh, of communication with Him, where even the no, it was clear and it was okay. I trust you, you know. And and we get tested a lot, you know. I I don't think for me, I I didn't see it as testing, but. We get tested a lot, and we have an enemy that, that wants us to fail, that wants us to, and, and not fail because we're, we're beyond redemption, but fail so that we give up. Like, there, there, there's times that, that when it's like, man, I've, I've, I've really sucked. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I know better, and, and if I know better, I should do better, but, you know, we have this thing, we have flesh, and and we're 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 wrapped in in the fall like we're wrapped in decay like from the moment that we're born we're dying we're we're our thoughts are death everything that we are is dying and uh thank god for the spirit that lives in us that is alive in us you know and and i'm just so grateful because i i can say that Every day, I look in the mirror and I see less and less and less of the person that I was, you know. And and that person, that person is dead. That person is gone. But it's me that sees that person lingering. And like, just to focus on it is finished. It is done. That person's dead and gone. I am a new creature. I am alive in Him. I am no longer dead in my discretions. And there's nothing that I can do to lose that. Man. So again. I say, yo, it's it's finished. Amen? Thank you for this time. I love you all. Hello. Hi, I'm Mitch, in case anybody doesn't know me. Hi, Roger. <laughs> All right. I'm a bit nervous being up here. It's my first time standing in front of uh, this group of people here. Um, but I've been coming here for about two years now. Um, I've, I think I've pretty much known the Lord since I was a kid. But I think like Joseph there, I, I wasn't really exactly on the speaking terms for most of it. You know, the flesh usually wins, right? But not anymore. So I, I wrote down a few things I'd like to get through. Um, I think t- to answer the question, I'm going to focus on four points for myself, four of the major things that really stuck out for me to, to you know, I started writing my feelings down, and after, uh, you know, a few days and many hours, I, this is kind of what I come up with. So the first thing is is repentance, right? So, Jesus lived perfectly sinless and willingly came here solely to reveal God to us and save us from our sin. He reveals my wicked nature, my sin nature, but with that, he leads me to confession and repentance and begging the Lord to work in me. And he does. I feel it. I'm changing. You know, the next point is forgiveness. Who's better at forgiving, right? Jesus suffered beyond belief and was crucified 
while he was still on the cross, showed forgiveness for the people who were persecuting him and crucifying him. If he can stand there and stare these people in their face and forgive them while he's being tortured and murdered for us, why can't, why can't I be, why can't I forgive anybody? Why can't I, first, my first reaction, why isn't it forgiveness? It convicts me, that's for sure. This convicts me to forgive and not hold on to bitterness towards those who have wronged me. Sometimes it's very hard for me, especially when my pride is winning. You know, whenever you're wronged, there's, uh, for me, there's a battle that's going on, and, and that's between my pride, which, you know, by nature, if I'm hurt, my, my reaction is to hurt as well in return. But with Jesus, he shows us what the power of forgiveness looks like. Once you make that choice, you can break free from the chains of anger and unforgiveness. You know what the toughest struggle is for forgiveness? It's not forgiving others, it's forgiving myself. You know, nobody knows my sins better than me and the Lord, right? The third point is sacrifice. What greater sacrifice? Jesus shows his love for us through his great sacrifice but also in how he lived while here, always leading and teaching his father, or followers, always with the focus on God the Father. This is what I think about when it comes to my family, and it opens my eyes and opens my heart, like I am being pushed to be the leader of my family through the lens of sacrificial love, learning and growing together in the Word. My fourth and final point is salvation. That's what this is ultimately about, isn't it? I'm going to read John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For, good, for God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Jesus died for my salvation. And for yours too. I'm saved through his sacrifice. And when this life is over, I can go home. I'm so thankful. This convicts me of God's love for us and even little old me. Boy, what a feeling. What a sigh of relief. The biggest sigh of relief I could ever know. No matter what happens in this life, I'm with Jesus, and he's with me. Amen. My name's Rob, Rob Harlan. I don't know. I've met many of you, but not all of you, and uh, when I thought about what I was going to speak about tonight, um, my mind went back to uh, before the time I knew the Lord. Um, I was saved when I was 13, and before that time, being raised in a Christian home, I was exposed to all the great teachings of Scripture and how we were supposed to 
um, live our lives out of love for the Lord and and seek to please Him and obey our parents and 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 do all these great things, um, go to church and and so forth and so on, and in that state of being unconverted and truly born again, my heart gravitated toward the rules and the rule following and and trying to please God in my own strength. <clears throat> and um, it became, that manifested in a lot of guilt and a lot of fear, because if you've ever tried to follow after the Lord in your own strength, you know that that doesn't work very well. It's, it's a disaster. It's, it's, it's one um, guilty failure after another. Um, and so, as I grew up, I didn't see any fruit in my life, and I started to wonder whether or not that meant I was saved or not. And I thought, well, gosh, if I, if I doubt, isn't that just another sin? And then I feel guilty about that. And then the fear of that guilt, and then I'd confess that, and then start to wonder, am I confessing everything? You know, I'm confessing these sins, but what about the sins that I... I'm not confessing. What about those sins? And what happens if there are rules that I don't understand that haven't come into my mind yet? So that manifested in me starting to make up my own rules. So now I was following outward rules from the Bible, and now I was walking in superstition. So as I was going to, uh, going to uh, 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 school at that time, I would start to think, well, maybe I, maybe I should... Uh, you know, not step on any cracks on, on the sidewalk. Maybe that's displeasing to the Lord. And that fear would start to build in my mind. And so I'd be up at late at night thinking about that and confessing those sins. And so whenever I'd speak to the Lord, I'd always say, you know, just forgive me for all my sins. Maybe that'll cover all of it. But there was never, there was never that sense of peace, and there was never that sense of just being forgiven. And I think what eventually led to me feeling like maybe I'm not really saved um, was the fact that everybody around me seemed to have such a love for God and such peace, and I didn't have that. I just didn't have it. I looked at everybody's faces while they were singing uh, the songs in church, and I thought, if they're, if they're feeling real emotion, what does that mean about my heart? If they're feeling real love for God, what does that mean about the state of my life? And I thought, maybe it's just something grown-ups do. Maybe grown-ups, they just... I don't know. Maybe they're just trying to relate to one another in a, in a way that's special. Maybe it's fake. Maybe it's maybe it's real though. But maybe maybe you have to be a grown up. Uh, but I was trying to work through all these things, and it came to a point where I I had to admit to myself that no, you're not saved. And that day was probably the scariest day of my life. All the all the inward conflict, all the all the guilt and the shame and the terror just came crashing down on me. And I thought. You know, if I were to die right now, I would drop right in to hell. And that was absolutely terrifying because I knew, you know, you could, you could go at any time. And in that fear, um, I just came before the Lord. And it was almost like I had prayed the sinner's prayer a million times. I didn't need to pray the same thing that I had prayed a million times before. It was just like the Lord forgave me just in that moment. His spirit just came on me, and I was flooded um, with his love, um, joy, and 
peace. And that was the thing that I was just like, oh, this must be real. Like the peace. I mean, just just all that turmoil, all that guilt, all that shame, all, all that stuff. It's just gone just in an instant. And I thought, <clears throat> you know, this, you know, I've had emotional experiences before, so we'll see. You know, I didn't want to jump to any conclusions. You know, that, that uh, maybe the Lord would be displeased. So I went, and I was also afraid, I was also afraid that I had already made a profession of faith in, t- in, in front of my entire family, and they viewed me as a Christian. At this time, I'm 13 years old, and so what is everybody going to say now if I come forward with a testimony? Is it going to make me look like a phony the whole, you know, before that? So I thought, I'm not going to tell anybody. I don't have the, the courage to do that, um, but I'll go to sleep. And if this is real in the morning, I know what I'm going to have to do, and that's admit that I wasn't ever saved to begin with. And that was both good and terrifying to me because I was hoping this was real. I woke up in the morning. I was like, absolutely. This is a total transformation. I am totally saved. I went, I was like, I'm just going to go right down and confess. I went right down. My mom was in the kitchen. I said, I got saved last night. And uh, I was like, I'm going to get in trouble perhaps. But I didn't. <laughs> Isn't that great? My mom was like, praise the Lord. And she started crying. And I was like, oh, great. And I was like, wow, everybody just came around me and, was, and supported me. And I, and I ended up getting baptized. And it was like, it, it was just the relief of finally getting rid of that inner turmoil and doubt that, that just, I was so, I was so grateful to the Lord. And since that time, that that manifestation of the Spirit has only grown since then. And uh, because there were many times where I just lost that sense of his presence, you know, as I wandered from the Lord, I would just lose that and the turmoil would ever come back, never to that extent. And then I would repent and start following him and his Holy Spirit would manifest in, in me in a greater way. And I would walk into his will in a greater way. And that journey has just been an ongoing thing. Um, since 13, and, and I, I've wandered from him in ways since then, but I've never fallen away where his presence wasn't with me. You know, I, I, there, there's just, there have been ups and downs, but the Lord has been so gracious to keep me close to himself, and um, that's my testimony. I mean, it, it is so wonderful that I can stay, you know, I can stand before everybody here and just say how great and how wonderful the Lord is, how, 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 um, how faithful he has been to me, um, and how gracious he is. And um, to know that if I share somebody else with somebody else the love of Christ, that the way is open for them too. You know, they can have that same love and that same um, um, peace and love and joy that God has given to me can be to anybody who comes to him. So praise the Lord. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, Can we celebrate three trophies of grace tonight? Like, and uh, just the way that the guys, um, thank you. Thank you for sharing your hearts. Thank you for um, just uh, helping us to to see the wonder of God's grace and love. And uh, man, you know, and Marty, thank you. Thank you for always being prayerful about 
choosing songs, you know, based on and pray and praying through those things because, you know, just to think through like that, that Jesus condescended himself, like he humbled himself to the most extreme way. I, I read that Philippians 2 passage, just to think that, that Jesus left heaven to come into our muck, our mess, our brokenness, our sin, our shame, our guilt, to become a curse for us, to become the curse for us so that he could give us what he left behind. Like to, 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 to make a way. He said, you know, I'm the gate, I'm the door, I'm the way. Like he is the path, you know, back over the abyss, back to the Father because heaven truly is the Lord. Like God is heaven. Like he is what makes heaven heaven. And so now we have this, this glorious path back into his presence and his presence is what is the, it, that's where peace and love and joy and, and, and all the glorious things that we long for in life that, that, that without which we feel so dissatisfied. Man, they're, they're found in this wonderful relationship. Like, the, you know, I was reading, uh, one of my, my practices is to read through the account of, uh, you know, from his arrest through uh, just, I, I always wait till Easter morning to read the resurrection part because I want to kind of just stay in the death and burial and kind of taking that in. And, um, and, just, and just thinking through all of those, those details and what he went through and, and his resolve in walking that out, knowing that it meant that we would be purchased back, that, that by his blood we would be ransomed and rescued back into the presence of, of God. Guys, I never get tired of thinking about this. I'm, it's not, it, I mean, you think that there would be a concept that is, you know, that, that, that is exhaustible, but when it comes to this limitless, glorious God, that every attribute of who He is is limitless. Like as we take it in, it just becomes more grand and glorious. And, uh, and it just, it heals us, doesn't it? Like as we hear about these testimonies, uh, thank you so much. That was such a blessing to me, and I'm so thankful for that. As I, as I do this brief meditation, I want to say this to open with. Like, um, it, the good news is this. As far as the east is from the west, so far as I've removed your transgression from you. And I know I say this often, but how far is the east from the west? If you go east, you're always going east. <laughs> if you go west, I mean, that's, a, that's just a, an illustration of, of just... And let me say this. Like, God... God, God is God, right? God doesn't have to forget. Do you know that he chooses to forget your sin? Like that's, that's an example to us in, in the way that we, we forgive others. Like G, G, he chooses to bury that with his son so that he sees us in the righteousness of Christ. Like that's how he sees us now is through the finishing work. That's why the scriptures declare that we're in Christ Jesus, in him. Like we don't invite him into our life. He invites us into his. How good is God? And so I, I want to read this passage because this is, um, we looked at this on Wednesday night and, and, uh, and this is one of the passages that's kind of captured me this year. Um, and I always just ask the Lord, teach me one more thing about the, the marvelous mystery of the cross. Like, teach me one more glorious thing. This is in John 18, uh, verses 1 through 11. And it reads like this. When Jesus had spoken these words, and this is right after his prayer. This is right after his, you know, Father, take this cup. 
take this, the cup representing his, God's wrath and his suffering, which would inevitably separate him. And then he says, not my will, but your will be done or accomplished. He says, when Jesus had spoken these things, he went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley. And there, and that's, that, sorry, that was prior to that. And then it says, where there was a garden in which he, uh, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place. For Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. In another gospel, we find out these are swords and clubs. And this is a band of men seeking to arrest Jesus. Verse 4, Then Jesus, knowing all... (laughs) Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him in detail, came forward and said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Check out their response here. I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they withdrew back and fell to the ground. So he asked them again, Whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he, a willing offering sacrifice. So if you seek me, let these men go. Still in a selfless, protective mode for his disciples. This was to fill the words that he, Jesus, had spoken of those whom you gave me. I have not lost one. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his, his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, put the sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? And that's the portion of the text that captured me this year. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? I mean, in, in moments before this, he had, he had prayed, Father, not take this cup. Take this cup. And, uh, and he said, not my will, but your will be done. And, and we find in this statement that he had embraced the will of the Father, that he had, he had chosen to be obedient, knowing full well the implications, knowing the result, the fruition of it for you and I. And it says, shall I not drink the cup What does it say next? The Father has given me. Man, it's so easy for us to want to say, man, it was it was the Jews' fault. You know? I mean, we could even we can even and truly with with great clarity and truth say it was really our sin that drew him to the cross, knowing that that's what needed to be satisfied and quenched in order for us to be back in the garden with the Father, to be back in that 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 intimate relationship with him. But let's not be confused. The scriptures, as I read at the beginning of our service, the scriptures are emphatically clear that God sent his own son, that it was the Father's bidding, the cup that the Father has given me. Jesus saw this as his mission. It was a mission of love, not only to demonstrate it, but in order to to define love for you and I. No greater love than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. 
And for me, it's hard to it's hard for me to even go into a Good Friday without taking another like hard and and deep and honest look at at Isaiah 53. I mean, this is a passage of scripture written by a prophet over seven centuries before Christ walked the earth. And if you were to ask anybody that's unfamiliar with the scriptures, but familiar with just Jesus's ministry or life, and to read that without any address, or they would say, oh, that, that's, a, that's an incredible depiction of the cross, of Calvary, of Jesus giving his life. And yet we see this as, as something that Isaiah wrote about with great description. So we know that God had great intentionality in order to, but the thing that I want us to see, what just leapt off the page for me this year was just that it was God's purpose to crush his own son. Why? So that our iniquities would be paid for. Listen to what the text says. Let this sink deep into your heart. It says this, Isaiah 53, 12, uh, excuse me, 3 to 12. It says this, he was despised and rejected by men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised. And we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquity. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes, we, we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And then listen to what this says in the latter part of verse 6. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity, as Joseph said, of us all. God poured out his full wrath do do all of humanity like intentionally this was god's blueprint this was god's plan from the foundations of the earth that he would pay the price for our fault and failure in order to ransom us back to him verse 7 he was oppressed and he was afflicted yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, like the sheep that, that before its shears is silent, he, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off from the land of the living, stricken for the transgressions of my people, And they gave him a grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was, here it is again, yet it was the will of the Father or the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, not his own but ours, he shall see his offspring. Now, we, we, we were already told that he would have no children. What's his offspring? You and I. He's the firstborn among many brethren. He shall prolong his days. I thought we were talking about someone dying here. And he will prolong his days. Sounds like resurrection to me. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. 
Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, listen to this, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he, listen, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. And it says this, yet he bore the sin of many. Why? So he makes intercession for the transgressor. That's, I mean, that, that's, that's just so depictive of, of what Christ ultimately accomplished to the detail. You couple that with Psalm 22 and you've got the whole deal. Spear in his side, lots for his clothes. God, my point is this, God was the sovereign author of his son's crucifixion. Why? To demonstrate his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ willingly, sacrificially ran to that cross because he knew that it meant you and I reconciled to him. That's love, guys. I think for me, the more I kind of meditated on the remembrance of Christ's death and burial, his body and his blood, truly communion, Lord's Supper, is that's the aim, right? Because we're, we're told to, to, this is my body and this is my blood. We're truly called to focus in on this moment, this, the, the crucifixion, the sacrifice, the atonement. You know, that's a... That's a word that was coined once the English language was established. And if you break it down, it's at one mint. Like this is what, this is what God's done for us in Christ. He's, he's, he's really brought the bride back to the groom. He's, he's making us one again with him. So we have an opportunity tonight uh, to, uh, to kind of practice. We do this once a year in order that... Um, that we might have a tangible way. I know when I was doing student ministry for years, one of the things we used to do on camping trips is I would encourage them to go off and, and get a stick and, and think about like the things that are kind of hindering your walk with the Lord, the, the, the sin that so easily entangles. Uh, what, what's holding you back from, from full surrender? What's, what's keeping you from, from, uh, from fully believing that God has, it's been paid in full, that it's, that it's completely finished, and that Christ's sacrifice was enough, and that his grace is bigger than your sin? And then I would encourage them, we'd have a bonfire, and I'd encourage them to throw that stick in the fire as a way of tangibly letting go and and, and embracing the, the truth of the reality of what God has done for us in Christ. And so this is just another tangible way tonight for us to, to come forward before we receive communion tonight. And before we do that, as 1 Corinthians 11 challenges us to do, honestly, sincerely examine our hearts and, uh, and write whatever you need to write on this tonight. But, but don't leave here tonight with, with any limitations, any, any excuses, because Jesus paid it all so we could have it all. Like, this is the truth. Like there's, there's, no, there's no reason to hold back. Whatever you're holding on to, it's a joke in comparison to the abundant life that he's purchased for you. He wants this perfect peace for you. He wants you to experience the full bath of his love and the cleansing of his, of his blood. He wants this for you. And so during the uh, song set, we're going to have an opportunity. 
uh, to come up. And after you've written some things here, um, I encourage you to come up and nail it. <laughs> nail it to the cross. And as we, uh, as after you d- you've done that, there'll be an opportunity to, to, to come to either side and to receive communion tonight. Um, but as you're hearing those nails uh, hammered into the cross, be reminded of what Christ endured, suffered um, willingly so that, that our, our punishment, our punishment would be paid. He sat in our place when it comes to paying for our sin debt. And then once you've had the opportunity to come, there's nails up here, there's several hammers. Um, we're going we're gonna to wait for you, um, but, but don't leave anything unsaid because Jesus finished it for you. And, uh, and he wants you to experience the full liberation of his love. He does. Because as the message tonight is meant to, to really nail home, is Christ was committed to the cross, ultimately because he loved you and was committed to you. On the night that he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he, was, when he had given thanks, he, he broke it. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this bread that you have chosen to give this manna, this bread of life in the purpose and the the person of your son in order to, to feed us in the most significant way, to heal us, to restore us. And so, Lord, as we, as we come tonight and lay it down and receive yet again this 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 opportunity to remember and reflect upon the wonder of your love depicted in the sacrificial act of Christ. Help us, Holy Spirit, to remember in some rich and new ways and be be liberated, be be moved to, as Rob said, to a place of, of peace and joy and rest in you, Lord. We thank you for the sacrifice of Christ. Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org.